you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. On this episode, we confront Minerva, reboot Gaia, and explore the base. Welcome to episode 47 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. Yes, I'm going to welcome any new listeners and any returning listeners. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol. Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say about the show and about the game, so please join us on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord, where we do have channels dedicated to Horizons Zero Dawn and Forbidden West. Uh, so what did we talk about last time? A quick recap. Uh, we finally made it into Sacred Actually, even before that, we made it to Plain Song. So we made the Plain Song, found the chorus, the, the defeatist chorus. Because uh, they were just like, oh, <laughs> death is part of the natural cycle. So be it, <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, luckily... The machines broke through the little defenses that they had around the Sacred Mountain. And Zoe was like, well, we've got to ask for permission now. So we did get into the Sacred Mountain. And in the Sacred Mountain, we not only found Land God Fa, who had been transformed into a Grimhorn uh, by Hephaestus. That's the other thing we found. We found Hephaestus inside the mountain, even though the game had been alluding to it for quite some time. Like, oh, this purple, well, the machines with the purple glow and... Aloy is like, I think, I don't think uh, the land god's the only thing that's in there. So, yeah. No surprises. But no. we did, <laughs> we took out the uh, the Grimhorn and uh, overrode the cauldron. And once we did that, a new door opened up. And that's where we're starting today with the Eye of the Earth, which is an interlude uh, after the last uh, main mission that we did. And, uh, yeah, we're going to make our way through this door and into a new facility that we've never really seen this type of facility before. So, we fi- finally, something something new in terms of old world, right? So Something new. Yeah, at this point, I was like, oh, please give me answers. Like, I'm so tired of more questions. Just please give me answers as soon as we started getting into, yeah. like, <laughs> more building area. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, like I said, once that cauldron door is open, uh, a door to another facility opens. And as Aloy gets closer to that uh, door, a synthetic voice says, greetings, you know, graduates of Cradle Nine. And it starts to say, welcome to the regional something, right? But then it stops and says, unauthorized access detected. And as they continue to explore the facility, the voice comes back and says, all personnel must evacuate the facility immediately. And the voice is kind of like changing and getting deeper, getting a bit more threatening. Um, yeah, as I was watching this through again, I was like, wow, this is actually a little like when I was playing, I was in my, in the element, like engrossed with the story and what was going on. But watching it back, I'm like, how was I not like, wow, this is kind of scary. <laughs> like This thing right, doesn't yeah. want us here. This is like dead space about to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, it, is, it does give off uh, some some creepy vibes. Uh, after that, we we enter Rebear Bay. T- uh, Rebear Bay. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I don't know. I don't even know what I was gonna say. Rebear Pay. <laughs> pay Re- Repair, Repair pay. Bay. Is that what you're Repair saying? Bay? There That's what I'm go. trying to say. Repair Bay Towel. And uh, Aloy notes that she's never seen anything like it before, which you know we haven't. So I wonder if the the whole place is called Repair or you know Repair Bay Towel, like including the cauldron. Because the cauldron didn't have a name. All the cauldrons have names. So Yeah, I think the cauldron was the repair bay, is what it was, right, it was yeah. called. Yeah. yeah. But we don't get the notice that we're in the repair bay until we get into like a certain part of it. I, so. I thought I saw it when I entered, and I was like, no, nah, that can't be right. But I could be wrong. No, yeah. It's, it's when you enter a certain room, it says repair bay Tau. So mm. that's what we're calling the entire cauldron. It's Tau. Um, but as they continue, the voice says, unauthorized access gained. 
and it initiates a facility lockdown and shuts down the power, and then it says stay out. <laughs> so it's not an automated message. It's 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 an active uh, voice <laughs> in there. See, and then I'm and, like, oh my goodness, Resident Evil Seven. See, it just yeah. <laughs> horror themes over and over again. I didn't I didn't pick that up while I was playing. Yeah, like and like the the lights like completely shut out, and then the emergency lights come on. They were out for a decent amount of time too. I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder if this thing's gonna like turn on and something's gonna be there. You know, I didn't even uh, think that. I hate scary things. I didn't even think that. <laughs> yeah, no, they they didn't take that opportunity. I mean, it's not a horror game, Thankfully. so you, know, you can't blame them. Yeah, but uh, it was. She does pry the doors open and starts to like kind of traverse the, uh, traverse the facility. And as she's like getting around, uh, Minerva is closing pathways to block her. Uh, and uh, Minerva clearly does not want her there. Uh, in case she couldn't tell, she says it. Like she says something to the effect of that she's not wanted or she doesn't want them there. Like she actually like will say that she does not want them there. Uh, the room that she, one of the rooms that she makes it into is like a server room and has these cables going up to the ceiling. So Aloy figures something important must be up there. Uh, and she does find a way outside up to a higher like level in the facility. So she goes outside on one level because it's like a hole in the wall. And then she makes her way up and then finds another hole in the wall. I had a little trouble finding where I was supposed to go. I couldn't, I could not find the handholds. It took me a good like five minutes. I, I think I was okay here, but I think it took me a bit of time because once I got up, you can, I think you can look over plain song. Like you have a really good vantage point here. So I kind of just, okay. yeah. So I kind of just stood there and was like, wow, this is nice. This is probably like the one only area I didn't have problems climbing because there's so many times where I'm like, Aloy, go right. And you can see she can go right. And she's just kind of like moving up and down and not moving. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, I think I was fine here for once. Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, once she's able to get back in, she's, uh, you know, kind of in this, I don't even know how to like really describe it, but it's like, you know, she gets back in and she's above what turns out to be the system core. And she, you know, uh, uses uh, one of her many ropes to get inside the system core and she tries to use the console there but then it disappears into the floor minerva i need the console please access denied it didn't used to be like this do you remember it you were part of something bigger once something good She can live again, but only if you give her the chance. I can't reboot her without you. I cease. I think you'll disappear into her. Become part of her, like you used to be. Will cease. Thank you. Thank you, Minerva. Elizabeth Sobek. Alpha Prime. Master override activated. Restoring Minerva function to original code. Do you wish to initiate heuristic matrix? Here goes. So, of course, it's Minerva who pulled back the console. She does not want anything to do with whatever Aloy is doing. Like, she doesn't even know. She doesn't want want them there. She doesn't want anything to do with it. She doesn't want anybody around, which does make a lot of sense, considering what she says a little later. But, like, you know, we're going to get into that. Um, And it doesn't take long, but Aloy is able to convince Minerva to rejoin Gaia by saying that things will go back to the way they were. Because, apparently, Minerva is, like, miserable. I wouldn't say miserable. She's terrified. This poor thing is so scared because it's not that just like the way that she talks too, and 
when you tell her like you you got to rejoin with guys she's like does that mean misery will cease like she's terrified and like just not it just not you know vibing not having a good time i don't know i just, I just think it's because she has nothing to do like out of all the sub functions like minerva was the first one to finish their job true none of the other sub functions could even start working before Minerva finished her job. I don't even think Gaia, like Gaia didn't even go, I don't know if Gaia was active at all while Minerva was working. Like, or, you know, if she, because she definitely could not start working until after Minerva had finished her job. Because all the, all of the Pharaoh machines had to be shut down. Right. Which, for those who don't remember, Minerva is the sub-function that was in charge of cracking the code or cracking the encryption for the Pharaoh plague. That's the and, and then broadcasting a signal to shut them all down. That's why there's all those Minerva towers or those towers like that. The 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 the, the, the spire at, at the, Meridian is a Minerva tower. Yeah, I don't see. I don't think Gaia was asleep when Minerva was doing their thing because Gaia had like an automatic shutdown function with Hades, so that way she wouldn't stop him from doing his job. But I don't think she has like arrested. I don't think she rested during Minerva's time. But the thing about like, well, well so originally what was supposed to have with Hades, like, like, I don't think they shut Gaia down, but he basically like sandboxed her so she can't mm-hmm. control any of the of the terraforming system. So I don't know, like, if that's the case with Minerva as well, like, because. I doubt it because she wouldn't get in the way of Minerva. She would get in the way of Hades, though. Maybe. Maybe. So, uh, I guess we'll... I mean, they they don't answer that question, but... (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I guess we'll see, but we won't. We We won't won't. see. (laughs) Just more questions for you guys. Just more questions, yeah. Uh, Yeah, but Minerva, she, you know, she... She seems to be happy to to join uh, Gaia again. So uh, Aloy restores Minerva back to its original code and then initiates Gaia's heuristic matrix. And uh, so Gaia appears. Aloy's happy. And actually Gaia originally, at first she thinks that Aloy is Elizabeth. But then she like scans her focus and knows everything at that point. Like it takes her no time to, to know Aloy's entire life. Uh, but she does tell her that it will take some time for her matrix to, you know, fully initialize. So she should check out the base and that uh, she lets Zoe and Varl into the core room. And then she pulls a Hades and enables a network between the focuses. So now they can communicate across distances, but not like the, the, uh, you know, third world way that Hades did it with it, with a tall neck. I'm pretty sure the building has a, uh, probably has a way to broadcast pretty, you know, pretty far. Oh, probably. So, I didn't even think of the logistical, like how that would happen. She also has Minerva, right? She and does. Just, that's true. She so she could use Minerva's towers. That is one hundred percent true. I, I didn't think about that. I just figured the building had because Hades. They, he had them all communicating on one tall neck, <laughs> <laughs> on one tall neck, and that that was enough. So, uh, but. Yeah, we find out what the purpose of that facility actually is. It is a regional control center. And the idea was that humans, like when they were ready, they would take control of the terraforming system and facilities like that. So that's what it was built for, but then never used for obvious reasons. You know, rhymes with Ted Farrow. You know, so. You're not supposed to say the actual name. You're supposed to say like Ted Tarot. And then Hi. You, you get uh, it. I'm sarcasm. How are you? Oh, <laughs> it's not a good joke if you didn't get it. That's all. I'm just saying <laughs> you're, you, you mix up the anyway. Go ahead. I know. I know. Uh, so uh, as Aloy explores, uh, she explores the facility and guy tells you what each room is for. So there are like some offices there. There's a training room, uh, shower, sleeping quarters. Uh, some of the doors won't open yet. And as Gaia regains, you know, her operational ability, more doors will open. Uh, the main area she wants you to explore, though, is the lab. And this is where you can, you know, see what you need to complete corrupted overrides. So, it, I mean, it really just requires you hunt machines in, in the wild and get certain parts. Uh, I never really had any issues getting... 
like any parts like because some of the parts are listed as legendary so i think in many games that means that you just have a less chance a, a lower chance of getting a drop of that uh, uh you know Item. material that you would need but since in horizon like as long as you read whether or not a part gets destroyed on death or not like you pretty much can you get anytime you get into a fight you can you know get the parts that you need like i think a roller i forget a roller back i think like you know roller back tails, tails yeah. are something that you would need to to get the unlock for the roller back and yeah all you gotta do is make sure you break off the tail before you kill them <laughs> you know so yeah to me like so i thought that this was actually a good feature they add no uh, maybe not good i just didn't hate it i was like oh that's kind of cool actually it makes <laughs> right, more sense yeah. than just like giving you like oh now you can override a thunder jaw like okay but i never felt the need to actually go out and find it i guess because you can't keep machines corrupted forever so i didn't want to like corrupt this huge machine everything else be dead and then the machine's uncorrupted or you know taken over whatever and then it turns on you so I didn't really override big machines. That's the word I was looking for. Override, not corrupted. Often. Most. I, I can't. Honestly, I can't remember. Because I think it is in the tree that machine overrides last longer. Those are longer. things you get in the tree. Yeah, you yeah. get longer. So, I mean, once I upgraded that, like, I never really ran into a problem with machines coming out of override mm -hmm. before the fight was finished. Most of the times. They would be out of override, and I'd have to wait for them to cut to 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 come out of override, so I can kill them and get a part I need. Because especially if it was a big machine, it probably had something I wanted. Yeah, or the mission was like kill this big machine, and if you override it, you then have to attack it while it's overridden, or it'll kill everything else, and you're like, oh man, now I have to get rid of this dude. I mean, come to him. There is a mission later on in the game. Where there is a thunder jaw and a tremor tusk in the same area. Yep, yep, and it would have come in handy then. Yes, so <laughs> I, I, yeah, uh, it definitely that uh, it comes in handy there. Even though in my case, even though I had the tremor tusk override, I messed up because there's also a um, oh man, what are those things called? Uh, there was a bird right sky drifter yeah. yeah sky drifter sky drifter saw me and alerted as i was trying to override the tremor tusk and it alerted the uh the group and so i had to fight a tremor tusk and a thunder jaw at the same time you know what's funny is i think i overrode the sky drifter we can talk about it when we get to that point though it's gonna yeah. be further in the future but yeah that was not a fun one i didn't even think yeah. about overriding <laughs> one of the big machines yeah so but um yeah, but uh, yeah. After you visit the lab, then guy is ready to talk to you. So I wonder if because I didn't, I, I didn't go there first. I don't think most players are going to go there first uh, to the lab because it's it's the objective marker. You want to look around and see what's in the facility. Right? I, I, mean, I didn't go there first either, and I thought like I saw everything, so that's why I went there. But then when I was done talking to Gaia, there was more because I still had the thing that said explore. The yeah. area, I still had that up. So I was like, what did I miss? And I, I found, like, I, I went back down into the server room, and that was what I missed. I, watching my video, there's an area that I missed, and I didn't realize that I missed it until I watched the video. Like, I, I, ran, I, I went right past it. And I, now, I, now I'm probably going to have to get done here and booting up the game so I can actually go to that area. Because it's probably why I can't get into another area of the game, because I never was over there. So, like in the facility, in the facility, there's an area in the facility that I did not go to. So, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once you, like I said, once you go to the lab, guys, ready to talk to you, and uh, yeah, you, you talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Like this whole section thing. Like, I mean, just talking to Gaia here, I think is about. It's like I think it's like thirty minutes worth of conversation, close to it. It's a long time. 30 minutes of dialogue which is is a lot so um you can like when you first start the conversation you know guy like you know obviously always says she has questions for her but she has two main questions 
And the first question I asked was about the subordinate functions. We're not going to be able to fix the biosphere without making you whole. I ran a search for your subfunctions at the Hades Proving Lab, but whatever was the only one I found. Thankfully, the sensory capabilities of this facility are far more advanced. I will search for the others now. Transmitting query pattern. Receiving. Of Apollo, Artemis, and Aluthia, I can find no trace. They are simply gone. What about the others? Ether, Demeter, and Poseidon are revealed. They lie within reach. Procurable. And Hephaestus? It too stands revealed, but it is not like the others. That's for sure. In the years since the extinction signal, Hephaestus has evolved. Moreover, it is not confined to a single location. It haunts the global network that connects cauldrons to each other across the planet, making it exceptionally difficult to subdue. Let me guess. We need it bad? Correct. Its capabilities are essential. Without it, I can only delay the extinction of life on Earth. Hephaestus is our only hope of a permanent solution. So we start there? Unfortunately, we cannot. Procuring Hephaestus can only be attempted after my own capabilities have been significantly enhanced. Grab the other subordinate functions first, then Hephaestus. Precisely so. And so Aloy tells Gaia that they were only able to find Minerva when looking for the subordinate functions from the Hades Proving Lab. And Gaia's like, that's no big deal because this, this facility is much better. And she scans and finds others in like two seconds <laughs> um it's so convenient that they were so close just want to point yeah. that out <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm gonna get that the first three i want to talk about, like the ones that she could not find was apollo for obvious reasons Duh. artemis uh which was in charge of i think animal, animal. life mm-hmm. and then aluthia which was in charge of you know birth the humans that was another one that she aluthia finished its job too so it- did Aluthia blow up when Gaia blew up? No, because that was at a different location. Never mind. Yeah, there's several like Aluthia locations. Yeah. So ignore uh, that. But yeah, so um, you know, we the, Apollo and Aluthia. Well, I, I was gonna say Apollo isn't needed anymore, but it, it actually is really needed. But like, you can't get Apollo back. But Aluthia really isn't needed anymore because the humans are, you know, out of the cradle for the facilities and thriving. Uh, Artemis was a bit more concerning to me because I'm like, it was in charge of, like I said, you know, reintroducing and caring for animal life. And now it's gone, you know, and Gaia doesn't say it's a problem, but it seems like a problem to me. <laughs> you know that, that it'll be gone. There's only like pigs and rabbits and squirrels running around. I feel like we need a little bit, you know, bigger, like more robust animals around. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, because I think later on Aloy says something like, Oh, well, uh, you know, Artemis finishes job. Like Artemis is one of the functions that finishes job. You know, and I'm like, did it? Well, to be fair, <laughs> Aloy's never seen like a wolf or a lion or a I, you know what i can't think of any animals now so they're you know what they're all gone deer that's true there's no <laughs> there's no dangerous animals in the world right like, there's, there's no bears yeah stuff like that i so. mean there are bears but not the not the kind we're thinking of right exactly like real bears don't pile drive anybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, but she is able to find Aether, that's in charge of air quality and weather, Demeter, which is in charge of plant life, and Poseidon, which is in charge of water quality. Convenient, because those are the three areas that are uh, causing the most trouble right now, and they are all in the West. They are not far from where you are right now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was all convenient, like you said. And she did also find Hephaestus because we know Hephaestus is running around, uh, you know, uh, cackling in the background, rubbing his hands together, (laughs) (laughs) you know, based on our last interaction. Uh, But, you know, something that you may have already figured out, 
before getting to this part is that he's not in a single location, right? It lives in the global network that connects the cauldrons to each, you know, to each other across the world. And it's going to make it very difficult to capture him. And of course, it's the most important function because without Hephaestus, she can't create or control machines to help maintain the biosphere. And with only Aether, Demeter, and Poseidon, she can only delay the collapse of the biosphere. So, there's that. And uh, it feels like Hephaestus was, was actually a, a bigger threat than Hades. Because, like, I, I feel like Hades kind of got lucky that the Shadow Carja had recently been driven out of Meridian. Right. And if Duran never started the Red Raids, we might have not had the first game, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Because Hades, in order to do any of the things that he did, it was all by circumstance. So he got, right. yeah, he got lucky. Whereas Hephaestus is just running wild, doing whatever he wants. Right. He's like, he's blasted humans, killing my machines <laughs> that, are, that are here to make the humans, <laughs> you know, or make, make life sustainable for humans. I wonder... If Hades had been successful, let's say Hades was successful at the Battle of the Spire, right? The Battle of Meridian. Would have Hefe- would Hephaestus have fought him at that point or, or, or challenged him at that point? Because if Hades had won, right? If Hades had won, he would have activated all of the old Pharaoh robots. Those Pharaoh robots would have either hacked or destroyed the new machines, which goes against the, directives, the directives of Hephaestus to create and keep the machines functioning Hmm. because he wants to destroy the biosphere. That's what he wants to do. So if the jobs of the new machines are to, to, you know, uh, maintain the biosphere and help rebuild it. And Hades is going directly against that. At that point, does he clash with Hades or does I say he like, he's a man, it's a machine, but do they, do they clash? These two programs like start clashing. That's a good question because the way that Hades was designed is to destroy, like, you know, everything got messed up. We're going to try again. So then would Hephaestus join Hades? Like, oh, okay, well, you're active now. So that's, you know, the direct, like the direct direction we're going. Or would Hades then use the spire to somehow take over Hephaestus? So if that was an option, we'd probably be using that now. But I'm saying, like, if Gaia is not strong, like, and so we're going to get into it because Gaia is not uh, strong enough to take on Hephaestus, which we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. If Gaia is not strong enough to take on Hephaestus, how could Hades have been strong enough to take on Hephaestus? Right. That's true. You know. Because the Spire doesn't do anything, just boosts signal. Yeah, it just, right? it just, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a radio tower. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it, that's, it, it, it broadcasts. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I wonder if, if Hades had won in the Battle Spire and these machines come up, right? You know, the first thing they're going to do is probably like, you know, try to kill the humans, but, and they're also going to, uh, you know, be absorbing stuff in the biosphere. Like, like they did with the trees and the animals before, but the job of the machines is to build up the biosphere, <laughs> you know? So right. the next step is to kill the machines, right? It, or either, either a destroy the machines or B hack the machines. Right. I feel That's like, I feel like Hephaestus would try to fight Hades. However, we've, we already saw this battle in the past. Like Hades would win because he has the corruption. And if he could get, uh, he probably wouldn't be able to get the, um, what is it? The scarabs online? Like, online because they're all destroyed but if those were active again and just popping out machines like Hephaestus has no chance well the scarabs are able to hack because they're able to decrypt like they're like they basically like you know decrypt the uh, control keys for the other machines so if if Hephaestus can recognize this he can probably make machines with like more better encryption so they can't be because he he I mean his whole storyline is uh adapting to humans you know adapt every time the humans like they, like he makes a dangerous machine they probably kill some humans they get they adapt to it so he adapts to them <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you know he you went know from making making big tigers to fire spitting bears <laughs> <I> feel, <laughs> you know <laughs> i feel like 
that would have made a great second game. If we would have failed in the first game, like that would be the storyline, right? We failed. So now it's like the great machine war of, I don't know, whatever year it is. 30 yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, 30 something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious. I wonder like how that would have, have gone because they were the, they'd be the only two uh, active AIs because all the other AIs appear to be meh. <laughs> you know, could you imagine uh, Aloy having to find Gaia in the middle of like an active machine war? That see that that sounds like a great premise of a game. That would be a cool game, you know. Yeah, both oh. hate humans too. Yeah, <laughs> they hate exactly. Each other, they hate humans. Yeah, so man, I wonder. I, I wonder if maybe Hades would have just come to an agreement with Hephaestus, like, okay, well. You know, we'll we'll let your machines be okay. Like, we'll, we like we we won't hack your machines. Just let us kill everything else, and the machines will be fine. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you Hades know? would get his way regardless. So I don't know. We'll see. But like, we'll talk about Hephaestus a little more. But um, one thing to note is that every sub function that is restored to Gaia increases her processing density. So it's kind of like cell when he absorbed the androids and became perfect cell. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what it's like. That's what it reminds me of. It's like every, every time she absorbs one, she, she, you know, becomes more powerful uh, until finally she reaches a perfect form. But mm-hmm. um, she says, like I said earlier, she says she doesn't need Artemis, Aluthia or Apollo, but having them would increase her processing density. So it would definitely help her like, this, you know, so they can get them by like find, you know, Artemis and Aluthia do so. Uh, but the reason that's important is because Hephaestus has become significantly more powerful. And in order to capture it, guy needs to at least three other subordinate functions. So uh, she tells Aloy she's only operating at about 19% of her intended processing capacity with only Minerva. And Hephaestus would actually absorb her if they were uh, to attempt to absorb it. So she needs to merge the other functions first, which will get her over 41%, which is enough to to get Hephaestus. Because Hephaestus' processing density on his own is at 39%. You find that there's a there's a data uh, point you get a little later, and it uh, says that, yeah, it's the one because Gaia says she's going to give you information on those subfunctions, and in that data point, it's information we already know, like who made it and what they were made for, and then it tells you the processing density of each, and Hephaestus is at like thirty nine percent. So, and like I said, Hephaestus like he's distributed it's distributed across like a, a global network. So uh they don't even know how to capture it, but Guy is gonna work on a solution while Aoi gets the uh other subfunctions. So in order to capture the other subfunctions, she needs to physically go to their location, interface with the processor that they're in, and then use the master override to revert them to their original state like she did Minerva. And then she has to carry him back to Gaia in the same canister that the Gaia backup was in, and she can only get one at a time. So, uh, but Gaia does tell Aloy that the subfunctions are lost, frightened, and paranoid. And I'm like, well, why couldn't they be like Hades and Hephaestus and put their big boy pants on? <laughs> you know, because they, we'd, ahead, have, we'd have such a bigger problem. Could you imagine? A, actually, that probably would have been fun too, trying to fight through Minerva's tower. See that that alone sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. They, I guess, uh, Minerva. I give a pass because Minerva was done. There's no, there's no work to be done here. <laughs> you know what? With, with Minerva, Minerva is built for code cracking. Uh, so, um, yeah. I mean, uh, technically speaking, Min- uh, I was gonna say Minerva could could have been helpful in the fight against Hades because Minerva could possibly outhack Hades with the scarabs. Uh, Minerva already actually already has the codes for all those feral machines, all those feral robots. So yeah. she could have taken control of them if she wanted to. Um, but the rest of them, like, they still have missions. They still have purpose. They got to keep the air clear and the water clean and the the grass growing. And they just kind of like, me, <laughs> you know, they just didn't, they, 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 they didn't stay on target. But Hades, especially Hades, he <laughs> stayed on target. He stayed on point. Maybe because. Well, I can't speak for Hades, but Hephaestus has like their own job that 
they're currently doing and jumping between all of these facilities where the other sub functions actually don't have like a home to go. So that's why they couldn't build up their confidence because they're like kind of scared and hiding. They they don't have any way to build their power. Whereas Hephaestus is just like jumping all over the place. Well, as I'm saying, neither could Hades. Hades was stuck. Hades, <laughs> Hades is his own thing. <laughs> they could, so like Hades, in his case, Hades leaves the Gaia Prime, gets stuck in this low-level processor, puts out a signal, doesn't give up, puts out a signal that Silence is able to find. The other functions could have also put out a signal. They can be like, hey, man, I need to clean the air. You need to help me out, (laughs) you know? Yeah, but I think Hades is just super powerful, more powerful than the other sub-functions, because to be able to pull the machines up and like destroy the world multiple multiple times you have to be very strong like they put a lot of work and effort into Hades so that's probably why he was able to persevere well they did but well I think Hades can only reactivate the pharaoh code the pharaoh robots because and I'm sure I'm assuming him activating the pharaoh robots uh was the way he destroyed the biosphere before like mm-hmm. the, the the previous five times and that's only because he had like you know Minerva's codes, right? The Hades that we saw was kind of like stuck, you know, like he couldn't even, like he had to be dragged to <laughs> to the actual um to the to the spire. Like the Hades, we know, he just I don't want to say he outsmarted, but he definitely manipulated his way to get his uh, you know, to get his um. You know, his to get way. His goal. Yeah. yeah. To, to reach his goal. So I would say he's actually, he's not strong. He is just manipulative. I'm just saying he's built different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying he's, okay, Hades, out of all the sub-functions, he's, he's the Mr. Glass. He's the Mr. Glass. Because he can't do the job himself. Hades can't do the job. He can't actually, Hades no. cannot actually do his job. He needs to, other people to do the job for him. Yeah. You know? He's so yeah. At, that, he's just good at what he does. Built different. Yeah. Still. Well, yeah, both Hades and Hephaestus out here making things happen and the other functions just not so much. They're scared. No, these guys, they're not scared. They like Hephaestus is like, why are you breaking my machines? <laughs> Please stop. So uh after you get done talking about the subfunctions, Aloy asks about the strangers she met at the Hades Proving Lab. Maybe you can help me make sense of something. A while ago, I had a run-in with a group of strangers who tried to kill me. They had machine servitors and a um a clone of Elizabeth Sobek with them. Yes, this was recorded by your focus. Do you know who they are? The answer to that question is related to the extinction signal that woke Hades, prompting my predecessor's self-destruction. The extinction signal? Okay, that sounds ominous. The signal did not come from Earth, Aloy. The calculations are complicated, but it appears to have originated 81 trillion kilometers away. A distance so vast that light itself requires 8.611 years to cross it. Okay, so... What's so far away and and why does it want us dead? The Sirius star system. Sirius? But that's where Far Zenith, their ship... The Odyssey. Yes, that's where it was headed. But it blew up. Unless... I don't... Why make it seem like they failed? They didn't want anyone to know. They didn't want future humans to think that they were out there. Wait. The strangers who tried to kill me at the Hades Proving Lab? The ones with the clone? Are you saying that they're from... That they're descendants of... Farzenith? Yes. That is my conclusion. So Guy kind of drops a bombshell and tells Aloy that the Strangers and the Hades extinction signal are related. And the way she's able to track the signal was using data on Aloy's focus. So she did this pretty fast. <laughs> um, she says, you know, when, ha- when Silence interrogated Hades, Hades said that the signal lasted 17.22 years. 
So Gaia cuts that in half and determines it took 8.6 years for the signal to reach Earth, and then another 8.6 years for Hades to respond, or sorry, for Hades' response to be received by whoever sent it. And based on that and the astronomical charts that uh, she had, she determined that there's only one logical choice for the source. And she tells the Aloy that the extension, uh, uh, not the extension, sorry, the extinction signal came from 81 trillion kilometers away from the mysterious star system. Uh, and this is the same place that Far Zenith was supposed to go, but oh my God, aren't dun, they dun, dead? Dun, dun. Yeah, oh, like, didn't man. they blow up? And yeah, it doesn't take a genius. And Aloy quickly deduces that they faked the explosion because they didn't want future humans to know that they made it. I knew from the very first mission of this game that that was going to be the case. Because why else would we be in a Farzina's facility getting all this information about the Odyssey and all of these people? Like, duh. Right. Well, you want to know what... Oh, go, 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 go. I was just going to say it was a big duh moment for me. Anyway, what were you going to say? The thing that ruined it for me, that kind of spoiled it for me, was Carrie Ann Moss. I didn't bring this up before, but it was Carrie Ann Moss. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just completely spoiled it for me because you you hear her voice, what, three times before you actually see her character, mm-hmm. right? You, in the far as in this lab, I'm pretty sure she's had, she says two things, like she's on two audio logs, and then in the Hades Proven Lab, she's on a third audio log. And I remember seeing a screenshot of her in the game and I recognize her voice. As soon as she started talking, I'm like, that's Carrie Ann Moss. She's in the game later and I'm in a Far Zenith facility. Far Zenith is going to play into this game. Far Zenith <laughs> is here. And then when they showed up, you know, and it's her character, I'm like, okay, clearly these people are at least in some way, shape or form related to Far Zenith. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's what Gaia believes. Gaia believes that the strangers are descendants of Far Zenith. But that's what, that's what really spoiled it for me is her being in the game. <laughs> you know, if she didn't have, I mean, she's not the biggest star. Don't get me wrong. But like, you know, I, I, I can't tell she's, uh, she's the one from the Matrix, right? Yeah, she's the one from the Matrix. You know how many times I've seen that trilogy? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, like... Wasn't like the new Matrix coming out around that time too, like when the game came out. So like she was everywhere, like promoting that, it. That was in December. It was like two. It wasn't. It wasn't like two months ahead. It was like two months before that. Like she has a very specific like voice and a cadence when she speaks. Like and she didn't change that at all for the game. Like she's not right. voice. Well, I guess technically she is voice acting, but she's not like changing her voice or anything like that at all. Right. She's speaking like. Carrie Ann Moss, like Trinity. <laughs> like she says that that's how she she's speaking. So it's very clear. So that's like early on I put that together. Like and, and then it just it just solidified it when you see her character model show up with Farzenith. So for show up with the strangers. <laughs> <laughs> I put the strangers TM in my notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now they're actually going to be called the Zeniths. That's what they're officially called in the game. I don't think they referenced them as the Zeniths in this conversation, but that's what everybody calls them after this. They call them the Zeniths. Um, yeah, but I do like the strangers TM with that on a t-shirt <laughs> with a picture of them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you know, Aloy asks why the descendants of Farzanith would want to wipe out life on Earth. And Gaia says that she can only speculate, but they may want to wipe out the biosphere so they can recreate it with their own, to their own specifications. And, you know, she, you know, they have their own Gaia backup. And if they boot it, they can still achieve their goal because they can use their Gaia backup to pretty much wipe life and then bring and then basically bring it back the way they want to right or technically speak i guess change the way the biosphere is is working now i don't know if i wonder can gaia actually wipe out the biosphere on her own because that's what hades is for and hades has been deleted so that was something that i was asking too like if this was their plan to do that would gaia agree because she loves the planet like she loves right, yeah. people. That's why she was designed the way she was designed. Would they have a way to force her into it? Like, 
I mean, she does like so. They do have a Sobek clone. She has True. the master override. She could just use the maybe possibly the master override to get guy to, to override guy's commands or or primary objectives. True. Yeah. So maybe that maybe that's why I just I just thought about that just now to be honest with you <laughs> as you were talking because I'm always thinking about a way to prove people wrong. So oh, okay. Let's just let's just do that from now on. Anytime I have a question, I'm not sure about. Say the same thing. Like, I was thinking the same thing, and then mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. All right, I got you. <laughs> I'll, I'll rephrase it. Yeah. Uh, so, Aloy, she wonders how they got there. And Guy's answer kind of reveals how advanced they are. Because, you know, Guy's like, well, they, they took a spaceship, dummy. Like, you know, <laughs> that's what she says. But she says, you know, um, their first journey would have taken them 300 years to reach Sirius. But at most, at the longest, this trip would have taken 29 years. If they left the moment the extinction signal started broadcasting, it would have taken them 29 years to get here. Now, if they only left when finding out about its failure, then it would have taken them 13 years. So at the longest, 29 years, we do find we do get information later on that kind of confirms the number. Uh, I don't know if they flat out say it, but uh, we do get more information about, you know, why they're here and what happened. So we will get an answer for that. Um, but then Aloy wonders how the other Farzenith clone could be, sorry, how the other Sobek clone could be helping Farzenith. And Guy says, well, I don't know, maybe she believes in their cause or maybe she has no choice. And Aloy is like, oh, I don't believe she'd be a subordinate. You know, uh, and she's already jumping to conclusions. She doesn't know anything. I know. She's like, <laughs> I don't think so. Like, she's like, Elizabeth Sobek, a subordinate? I don't think so. Like, okay, Aloy, I know we know you think so highly of yourself, but like, yeah. <laughs> chill. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, it's one of those situations where, well, even that, I think she thinks she knows Elizabeth better than she thinks she does. You know? Yeah. And especially because we're going to find out exactly how different these two clones are as the, as the game progresses and what factors really you know lead into that and coming out of that like Aloy could be very different from Elizabeth you know so I mean I mean, first of all I don't think Elizabeth Sobek would have been fighting machines she's no, not you know absolutely not <laughs> I think she's driven but it's just she have that she that brave or have that much it's, courage it's, you know <laughs> it's the thing is it's it's a different types of drive right so you could be a, di- a driven person like there's a bunch of different types of driven people but like you're also a product of your environment right so elizabeth right. didn't grow up <laughs> fighting machines and aloy didn't grow up creating ais and machinery and you know like all so aloy can't do things that elizabeth can't do and vice versa but they do have very similar to drive right oh yes i will agree with that so uh aloy asks you know once they capture Hephaestus. Uh, can she use it to to make an army of machines and take on the Zeniths? And she's like, well, Gaia says, you know, her primary objective is to preserve human life on Earth. So, yeah, she can do it. And due to the far Zenith threat, doing so may be the only option. And this is assuming that the far Zenith actually want to destroy the Earth, which, I mean, they do have, at this point, decent evidence to suggest so, you know. Assuming that guy is right about everything, that mm-hmm. Farzanith actually sent the signal that it came from Sirius, you know, because she said it was the only logical conclusion. Well, how do you know that like there could be a place that you don't know about, you know, or or, right. or something else? Even though I do think bringing aliens into the game would have been a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have been a bad idea, like you know. Uh, so, but yeah, so she says she can do it. Uh, but she doesn't like the idea of using the technology to kill. And Aloy is uh, like, oh, that's good because that means you're unconscious. But then uh, Guy does say a little later on that even with Farzina's technology, because Aloy is a little worried about their tech and how strong they are. Um, even with their technology, they couldn't withstand a you know an offensive attack like with her robots indefinitely. So that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. considering they have, they have a worldwide network of cauldrons. And as far as we know, Farzenith has a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, at least as far as we know. So, 
But uh, then you you can start asking questions about the biosphere, and Aloy asks if the terraforming system is working at all. And Gaia's like, oh, well, technically speaking, it never stopped working, and that's part of the problem. Like there was just no governing intelligence to monitor the robots or assign new tasks. So like remember, Zoe had mentioned before that the land gods started over fertilizing their land, and this is why. Like it's probably the last instructions they received. Mm. They probably the last drugs they received was to fertilize, you know, and then uh, there was nobody to tell them to stop. So they just kept doing it <laughs> and they just kept going into repair Bay Tau, getting more fertilizer and getting repaired and coming back out and just doing the same thing. Who sent that signal? To tell them to fertilize? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like when Gaia was in charge, she was probably saying, you know, telling oh, machines telling to do them different to tasks. And, yeah, because then, okay, that makes sense. And then that was probably the last instruction they received. Yeah. Uh, and th- this is probably happening with all types of machines. They're overdoing their jobs or neglecting others, you know. So, uh, but this is what's causing damage to the biosphere. And Gaia says they have about four months until they cross a point of no return. You know, that's it. So. Uh, but then, you know, Aloy, she's, she's ready to head out. Uh, each of the subordinate functions will be housed in a powerful processor. Aether is in the middle of Tanakh territory. Poseidon is in the ruins of Las Vegas. And Demeter is far west near the coast. And Aloy, she gets an option to start any of the three, but they're different levels. So, like, Aether is 17, Poseidon is 22, Demeter is 24. It doesn't matter which one you pick. Like, it matters in terms of the dialogue they say immediately. Mm-hmm. But it really doesn't matter which one you actually pick. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you could have gone through all Plain Song, I, even if you did everything available in Plain Song. Maybe that gets you to level twenty-two. But man, if you're level twenty-four and ready to go to Demeter by the time you get to this point, what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're just out there killing Thunder Jaws for fun. I guess that would make sense because it is a game where you're supposed to kill machines, but still. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it it does. I like that they put the option there, but then as soon as you pick, like, you get a little explanation and the guy is like, but if you don't want to do that one, just, you know, go to your Maybe. focus and change it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, anyway, she starts talking about having this weight on her shoulders and how she's only the, the only one that can do it and she asks Gaia if she really believes she can, and Gaia does think she can do it. Like she says, her predecessor, who was the the, the guy that blew up, says uh, all things are possible in her, which that is okay in an exact quote. And uh, also, she mentions that she beat Hades, not by herself. She hasn't mm-hmm. mentioned that, and she also mentions that she rebooted the system core. Also, doesn't mention not by herself because that was. Silence did some heavy lifting there. I mean, he drew her to the place. Like, first of all, he tricked her, sent her away because he knew she wouldn't be down with what needed to happen. Got the information, then drew her to the location that he needed because she's a key to him. <laughs> and then got her like inside and even had. A, yeah, well, we'll get into the, the, the last part a little later, but <laughs> I almost almost got ahead of myself. But like sounds it's some very heavy lifting in this I, rebooting the system core thing. I was very hopeful that Gaia would be like, yes, but you have plenty of allies by yourself or something. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And I did like the beginning of this scene, though, because when. Guy is like, you have a lot to do. And she's like, I do, don't I? Like, you know, Aloy's like really kind of down, but she's holding, if you don't notice, the clutch that she took from Elizabeth as well. Uh, I didn't notice that. Like that little at the end of uh, Zero Dawn, the little, I think it's clutch. I don't know. It looks like a little globe coin purse thing, blue thing, whatever. She's I know like, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. She's holding that. Yeah, I didn't like, know. Looking at it. So. I thought that was kind of sweet. And then after that, I was like, oh, come on, guy. It just knocks some sense into her, please. Yeah, no. Like, she's like, yeah, yeah, you did this. This is great. You're Good great. job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, guy opens the exits and Aloy, and, you know, Aloy asks Varl and Zoe to meet her at one of the exits. And then she gives you a data point with the details and subordinate functions, the one I was talking about earlier. So, 
Uh, Aloy meets Varl and Zoe at the door, and they go outside, and she tells them that she needs to head further west to gather more components for Guy, and she wants them to stay there. And she's like, oh, I'm not trying to, like, ditch you guys or anything. This is just, like, training. Guy can catch you up. <laughs> and then Varl's like, dude, I'm going back east to go get Aaron. Because he's like, you know, he's right. He's like, allies can help. More people can help. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, so, and then Zoe says she's going to stay behind and start learning. And, you know, because she, she she says she can't head back east until she understands more about what happened in the cave. And then they go their separate ways. So, at this point, I'm pretty sure you just went further west, right? That's what you did. That you, yeah. Which is the yes. the logical thing. That's that's the logical thing based on what happens. I did actually not do that. I uh, I immediately turned around and <laughs> went back to playing song. See, I can't uh, tell you what I did because watching my playthrough is such a headache. Like, I'll go, like, west than east. Like, I'm all over the place. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a thing over here. Let's go back to playing song. <laughs> yeah, like, I... I yeah, that's the the first thing I did was immediately go back to playing song because I'm like, well, I'm gonna clear this part of the map before going further. Um, I I definitely have I mean because I mean I played the the previous game like that, right? I I just will clear an area of the map and then go play the game, and that was that was that. We'll go play in the main missions, but this game, I mean, we mentioned it like at least several times so far. That this game definitely makes you come back to certain areas, whether you want to or not. Well, I guess it doesn't make you come back to certain areas, but it gives you reasons to. Yeah, I think the thing is that it's very easy to get overwhelmed with doing side quests and errands because there's so many that the good and bad thing about this game is you have so many options on different things that you can do. You can either get sidetracked or do something to like, you know, break off of what you've been doing or easily get overwhelmed you know you have like three of those options all three happen to me like every five minutes but <laughs> that's why i was like oh i want to continue story because i'm kind of overwhelmed just getting out of the daunt and then doing all of these side quests again right yeah i think and don't quote me on this but i do believe it's something like 48 combined side quests and errands that's just side quests and errands that sounds I think, right. I think it's like 48. I'm pretty sure it's like 20. It's I think it's 28 side quests and maybe 20 errands, maybe a little bit more, but like it's closely it's, it's approximately like 50ish, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a lot. And that doesn't include the uh like the collectibles and the, the collectibles, the hunting grounds um, and the melee pits and yeah, like I was thinking about the the scrappers, like the um, oh, salvage, the, the salvage, yeah, the salvage yeah. contracts. It doesn't include any of that, so yeah, that definitely it, it, it's a lot to do. I, I, I ain't complaining either. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I am not complaining. So, uh, like, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking at this point when at the game? At this point, I'm like, oh my goodness, we finally have answers. Thank you. <laughs> that's, how, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm I'm really I liked what they did at the end of this mission, where instead of Varl and Zoe being like, "Oh, we're gonna go do this thing together," they they have their own things that they want to do and focus on, so they're not like you know buddy buddy the entire time. So right. I did appreciate that. <laughs> I made a note on it and everything. I was like, "Oh, that was that was kind of nice to see." And yeah. Also very excited too. We talked about that. Yeah, the Talana quest. Because when Varl goes on his way, you're like, hey, stop by Stone's Echo and tell Miu to tell Talana <laughs> that she can come on through. So I'm like, yes, let's go. So now I'm like, the whole game is my, what's that word that they say? Like, I don't know. Cherry? Oyster? Oyster. There we go. The game is my oyster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was gonna say like I didn't see. I mean, I've heard the saying, but I just didn't see how it fit there. But right, isn't it's your that, brain. You can do whatever you want. Isn't that the oyster? Isn't I don't know. I actually realize I don't know what that saying means. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I am happy that it finally feels like we're making some progress. Like because even like with the previous game, right? You don't get answers until uh, you don't start getting answers. Almost until the end of the game, like Heart of the Nora. 
I would oh, say yeah. is when you actually start getting answers, it's just question, 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 question. Um, trying to think, do you do the Zero Dawn facility before Heart of the Nora? Yeah, you do Zero Dawn facilities for Heart of the Nora. So right I'm pretty before, sure you though. do. Right before. So you do get some answers. Like you do find out what Zero Dawn is, but in terms of Aloy's story, like you don't really. You don't really find out like what really happened. You know what I'm saying? Like why the terraforming system is the way it is right now. I think you in know? the first game, though, what they really had to do was set up the world. There was a lot of world building that they really had to do in the current world that you were in before they threw you too far into everything. Whereas this game, the world's already built. You have new areas and tribes and stuff that you need to learn about. But like the world's built. So now it's just like full force getting into this problem. True. I, I will give you that. That 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 does make a lot of sense because they don't have to. I mean, even though at this point, I'm pretty sure I'm like somewhere between 15 and 20 hours into the game. Yes. At, at this point in the game, I'm somewhere but between that's 15 like and 20 hours. Not even halfway through, though. Like in the first game, we were correct. more than halfway when we were oh, getting yeah, like, those answers. If you want to say the first place that you actually get like actionable information, like like great intel on what's actually happening, being um. In, in, in Shadowfall, like at the Zero Dawn facility, that's still in the latter half of the game. There's only three. Wasn't it Gravehorde? Didn't we get a lot of info from Gravehorde? Not really. I, I wouldn't think so. Like all you, yeah, I don't think so. Like that was just getting them getting the support, uh, from the military. That's true, but that's also right before. I don't know. I'm having a hard time remembering the order of everything, so never mind. <laughs> it was Graveford, then you had to break down the network. After you broke down the network, then you had to go to Shadowfall. But yeah. then after yeah. After Shadowfall, like where you go to the Zero Dawn facility, you you hit the like missions back to back after that. Yeah. Because you would hit like you would hit um Heart of the Nora, then you hit Gaia Prime, and then you do the last mission. That's it. Yeah, Graveford, that zipline I still regret not taking to this day just gives you a little taste of what you're about to see that's what it is exactly so but yeah i am glad like now we have like okay we're gonna we got guy back up we're not chasing that around like at least we didn't chase that around to the end of the game that would have been too much you know yeah and now we have like okay cool we got guy up and now we're gonna finish rebuilding her so I, I'm happy with that and I'm, I'm happy to move forward. But like I said, first I had to go back to plain song. So that's what we're going to do in the very next episode. We're actually going to ex- explore plain song a bit more. We're actually going to do that cauldron. That was a no man's land that we missed or didn't say missed, but we did not do because it was just level 18. So, and if I remember correctly, what's inside of it, if you don't have the right weapons can be kind of challenging, especially if you're under <laughs> under level. So, um but yeah so yeah with that we are gonna close up here i would like to thank everybody for listening uh you can keep up with, uh, with mashless buttons and uh the mashless buttons network oh sorry <laughs> you can keep up with the mashless buttons network and this show at twitter.com slash the mash network uh christina where can i find you you can find me at S'mores Pop-Tart on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also the host of another podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales, and we talk about Final Fantasy XIV content. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Jostradamus, and you can also find me streaming on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons sometimes. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we'd love for you to join the Discord, so please join us at mash.gg slash Discord. And I encourage you guys to reach out with your comments and questions. Uh, you can do so on uh, mash.gg slash discord, or you can do so on Twitter, or you can just email us at contact at mash.gg. If you enjoy the show, you want to help us out. One of the best ways to do that is to share the show with others and also to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons. Uh, we do have a Patreon with uh, general support starting at $2 a month. It's patreon.com slash mash those buttons. Uh, we do have a Teespring store at merch.mash.gg. Uh, we have Twitch subscriptions available at twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. Uh, we have Humble Bundle affiliate links available from the Humble store. So if, if you've never used that before, you just buy a game on Humble store and they provide you with uh, keys for Steam, Epic Game Store you play. You actually get some really nice sales there. And like I've, I've been using the Humble like, monthly for a long time. It gets like it's ridiculous like my backlog is partially like as long as it is because the humble like monthly i just have so many games in there so 
Uh, and I do, you can also do one time PayPal donations at, uh, you know, matchlessbuttons.com, slash support. There's a link there for one time donations. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Matchless Buttons. And with that, we are done for the day. We'll see you in Plain Song again. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Later. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 